Good afternoon. Good to be your speaker once again. Um, as you can see on the board, we're going to be speaking about greed and covetousness. Um, there have been problems uh, that have been going on for a long, long time, um, and it hasn't gotten better. Um, in fact, if anything at all, it's getting worse. We now have legalized gambling in more and more states, um, and the list continues to grow. ESPN televises a poker tournament or two, um, maybe even more. I'm not sure. That's the only ones I hear about. Um, didn't know poker was a sport. Last I checked, it wasn't. Um, greed and covetousness and the sins associated with them, such as gambling and the like, bring a certain lifestyle some can never get out of, or it affects them for the remainder of their lives. As most of y'all probably know, um, I love sports, especially basketball. Um, it was my favorite sport growing up, and after school, uh, you could catch me most of the time in the, in the driveway, no matter what the temperature was outside. If it was snowing, I'd still be out there. If it was 100 degrees, I'd still be out there. Um, I'd be caught shooting, or shooting in the in the driveway, or uh, or practicing my dribbling skills, or um, just I I'd love to be outside, and I love playing basketball. Um, Stephen Headache Smith, Headache was his nickname, uh, was a collegiate player for Arizona State, and up until about a year ago, I had I had no idea who he was. Um, probably most here don't have never heard of the name. Um, why? He was apparently on a really good team and a senior in the 1993-1994 season. Uh, he's predicted to be a first-round pick in the draft, um, which I should have known about because my Arkansas Razorbacks won the national championship in 1993, so should have known. Uh, by the way, uh, keep this in mind. Um, when you're a first-round draft pick in the NBA or any professional sport, uh, you're usually making millions of dollars as a first-round pick. Um, so keep that in the back of your mind. Um, when you, uh, when you are that good, I mean, it's kind of, kind of crazy to think that, you know, a little bit of money will do you good. Um, but, uh, um, we should know who this player is, right? Or at least I should, cause I love basketball. Um, or at least I've heard of him. No, um, I have not. Um, headache was caught, um, and a scandal in point shaving while he was playing. He accrued debts, debts to another Arizona State student and campus book mayor, bookmaker, Benny Silman of over $10,000. Um, I don't know about others here, but I know myself in college, um, I didn't have very much money in college. I had you know, maybe $100 or $200 at a time, and um, $10,000 is a lot to any person um, more or less to a, a broke college student. Um, so they agreed Headache could repay his debt uh, to Silman by fixing the basketball game um, while Silman placed bets on him and on the outcome of the game in Vegas. Um, Silman agreed to pay him $20,000 per game. So he owed him $10,000 and he was going to get $20,000 each game that he won. Uh, the first bet was placed uh, it was uh, 500,000 um, in total in Vegas by entrepreneur Gagliano, who was 25 at the time. Uh, they won that bet and everyone got their money. Um, so he got the 20,000, so he could have paid off his debts and been done, um, but that wasn't enough. Greed set in, um, they planned to fix the next game, and this time the bet was $1 million in total. 
Um, they wanted more, they knew they could make more. Um, in fact, a total of about $3.3 million was won in three days. Um, the feds found out because the rumors had spread around uh, the college campus at Arizona State. Um, and Headache and others spent some time locked away and he went undrafted in the NBA draft. Um, one year in prison, three years probation, and an $8,000 fine. What a headache for Stephen Smith. Greed got the best of him. He later said, it should, it should have been the greatest night of my life, June 1994, the night I was expecting to get drafted. Um, my mother gathered the whole neighborhood in South Dallas to watch the draft on TV. She hung signs congratulating me, telling me how proud she was of me. She cooked enough fried chicken and soul food to, eat most of the, to feed most of Dallas. He sat through the entirety of the draft, and his name was never called. Um, he had friends there, um, tons of friends there, and as the draft went on, less and less people were there to support him. Um, he went on to say, I could no longer dream of buying Mama a new house. I had to live a lie. Well, her most was lying to my mother, my best friend in the world. She is the one that gave me my unique nickname, Headache, because when I was little, she says I ran around so much, I gave her a headache. He uh, ruined his NBA future um, where he could have made millions if it hadn't been for greed. He could have made $20,000 in a week um, or less as a first-round draft pick in the NBA. People seem to always be attempting to get more money. Um, people are never content. Um, some people like headache uh, turn to gambling or an intern addicted to it. Some like Gagliano are even professional gamblers, uh, which blows my mind. Um, that is how they literally make all their money. Um, that has to be one of or the most stressful jobs on the planet, especially if you're providing for a family. Uh, Proverbs 13.11 says, Wealth gained by dishonesty will be diminished, but he who gathers by labor will increase. And then Ephesians 4.28 says, Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. And then 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10 says, we're all familiar with this one, the love of money is the root of all sorts of evil. If you've ever taken a large stump out of the ground, you know, once you get to those roots, it gets a hundred times harder to get those roots out. Um, and just when you think you have them all taken care of, you have all the roots taken out, surprise, there's, there's more roots for you. So uh, if the love of money is the root of all sorts of evil, it does a hundred times the damage to the mind and to the heart and to the entirety of the person. Money doesn't necessarily, but the love of money does. So quick definitions of greed and covetousness. Uh, greed uh, said, uh, a selfish and excessive desire for more of something, such as money, that is needed. Another definition I found on greed uh, says, intense and selfish desire for something, especially wealth, power, or food. I prefer this definition because it names off not only money, but power and food as well, um, because those things can apply. Um, it's all about, you know, a lot of I and me statements, um, and greed is just selfishness at its finest. I like how uh, John Riddenbaugh describes greed. He says, ruthless self-seeking 
and an arrogant assumption that others and things exist for one's own benefit. And then the definition I found for covetousness uh, says having or showing a great desire to possess something belonging to someone else. Miriam Webster had two definitions. One, marked by an inordinate desire for wealth or possessions or for another's possessions. And two, having a craving for possession. Craving then is defined, according to Miriam Webster, as an intense, urgent, or abnormal desire or longing. Underneath, it gives two examples, uh, a craving for chocolate, a craving for new experiences. Um, so it can be as simple as that, as simple as chocolate. I mean, I love chocolate, you know. I love ice cream. I love all that stuff. I was talking to Angie Manon about how Leanna and I went to go get ice cream yesterday. Like, we love ice cream, you know. Um, but, you know, having a craving for possession. Uh, if we look from the beginning, even, um, with Adam and Eve, uh, they wanted something that they could not have, so they ate the fruit from the forbidden tree. They were specifically told not to eat from that particular tree, and they could eat from all others. Why did they eat from it then? Um, because it was forbidden, and they wanted something they couldn't have. When I was a child, I know, if I was told not to do something, I would more than likely go out of my way to make sure I did that thing. Um, I know all kids aren't like that, but this guy was. Um, get, my mom would say, Garrett, don't, claw, don't climb on the table. Garrett, don't hit your brothers. Uh, don't, don't get that golf club and hit your brother. Um, you know, so we were pretty rowdy. Um, then I'd hear a second later, Garrett Lloyd Macy, what are you doing? So, you know, and then, and then out came either my dad's belt or a couple switches or the wooden spoon, you name it. They'd find something. Leanna, on the other hand, always speaks of how she was the ideal child and would obey most of the time from the story she tells me. I guess I need to talk with David and Carla a little more to verify this statement is generally true. Greed and covetousness are not only problems in the world today, but I'm sure it has snuck into churches and places as well, unfortunately. Is it human nature? I know we can prevent these from happening in the Lord's church today by being content for one. As we heard mentioned in David's lesson last Sunday morning, Hebrews 13.5 says, Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I think it is safe to say um, just about every person here, um, any person that you've come into contact with, has experienced one or both of either greed or covetousness um, at some point in their lives. We are an imperfect people, um, but that gives us no excuse to let these things seep into our lives on the daily. A quote on greed from Eric Fromm says, greed is a bottomless pit which exhausts the person in an endless effort to satisfy the need without ever reaching satisfaction. And then one firsthand experience is at my job. Um, upper management teaches new employees that come in. Um, when they get there, that they can make whatever they want. Um, they find out what their dreams are and that they can achieve them. I see it every day. Um, it's, it's sad. Uh, people want, all people want to talk about, my coworkers, uh, all they want to talk about is money and how they can make more. Um, 
what they're going to do next to make more money, what kind of scheme that they've found that they can make more money, um, stocks, Bitcoin, you name it, they just talk about how they can make more money. Um, or I wish I had so and what so-and-so had, so they wish they had what someone else had that's successful at the company. Um, only if I had this client, I'd be set for life. Uh, but the sad truth is, when some people are given more money, more responsibilities, um, and more power at work, uh, they take that to extremes sometimes. I think this is probably true from company to company, it's not just in my company, uh, depending on each individual. Um, individuals have a lot of things to do with it. Um, as a church, we need to be uh, wary of power-seeking individuals. Even as a body to the outside world and our communities, we need to be aware of this and be careful not to portray a holier-than-thou mindset or attitude. If your job hinders you from being involved in the Lord's church and doing His will and working for His kingdom, it's probably a good thing to get out. If anyone or anything is hindering you from seeking the Lord fully, you probably need to get out. Um, it does not matter if you are making good money at your job and the health insurance is great and they have an awesome retirement program, they have a great 401k, um, I'm going to lose that if I leave there. Um, it doesn't matter. Um, I have this many vacation days piled up. It doesn't matter. Um, if it's, you know, in your way of obeying the Lord and doing His will, then we need to get out. Um, if it is hindering us um, to be at the Lord's assembly, we need to get out. Um, we are told that we may have to lose our families even for His name's sake. Matthew 19, 29 says, And everyone who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my name's sake shall receive a hundredfold and, and inherit eternal life. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 8 through 12, it reads, Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another. Love as brothers, be tenderhearted, be courteous, not returning evil for evil, or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary blessing, knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. For he who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil." If the kingdom of God does not come first, something is wrong. Um, we know in Luke chapter 9, verses 59 through 60, um, it says, Then Jesus said to another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and preach the kingdom of God. Covetousness is the furthest thing from contentment, and we are to be content. Uh, as Philippians chapter 4, verse 11, Paul says, Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. Um, keep in mind this is coming from Paul, um, a man that went through many persecutions more than any of us have ever gone through. Um, and he says he learned whatever state he was in to be content. Um, we, could, we can and we should be too, um, each and every one of us. Covetousness is envy of what someone else has. 
Proverbs chapter 14, verse 30 says, A sound heart is life to the body, but envy is rottenness to the bones. Covetousness is also combined with malice towards those that have more than one does. See Titus chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. There it reads, Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and always to be gentle toward everyone. At one time we were too foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of uh, uh, righteous things we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that having been justified by His grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to stress these things so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. To have a covetous spirit is to have a restless spirit that never experiences peace. It is, a wor- it is worldliness to a T. Ecclesiastes chapter 6, verses 9-10 through 10 says, Better is the sight of the eyes than the wandering of desire. This also is vanity and grasping for the wind. Whatever one is, he has been named already. For it is known that he is a man, and he cannot contend with him, speaking of God, who is mightier than he. Why do people in our world chase their, their entire lives um, after things that they can never have? Um, some are on a long life goose chase, so to speak, when we should be walking in the footsteps of Jesus daily. Um, it's it's sad to see, you know, like I said, you know, I have co-workers uh, sit behind me, in front of me, to the side of me, in different offices, and if I'm walking around, that's, that's what I hear about, money, how to accumulate more, um, I can do this, I can do that, um, just seeking after the wrong things, they're lost. Um, the first Bible example that came to mind regarding greed and covetousness was David, Uriah, and Bathsheba. A story that most everyone knows here, I'm sure, so I'm not going to read it all. Um, found in 2 Samuel chapters 11 and 12, for your reference, we know David was walking on his roof, uh, spotted Bathsheba on her roof, and uh, he sent for her. Uh, David had an affair with her. Uh, Bathsheba became pregnant, and David needed a... a Find a way to cover it up. Um, he, he had uh, Uriah killed in battle. Uh, so David committed adultery and murder after lusting for Bathsheba. Bathsheba. A strong display of greed and covetousness. Uh, David was, of course, um, king of Israel, as you guys know. Um, so he probably had all that he needed, all that he wanted. Um, he had servants, concubines. Um, all the wealth and possessions that anyone could desire. Um, David wanted something that he didn't have, uh, and this caused the destruction of himself along with the death of Uriah. Another example in, is in Jeremiah chapter 6, verses 13 through 14. Um, God is rebuking the Israelites for their moral and spiritual decline. Uh, the problem of greed was ridiculously widespread. Even the prophets and priests were 
dealing falsely because of greed and material gain. Other passages to draw down if you're taking notes. Uh, Galatians chapter 1, uh, verses 8 through 10. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 2. Um, Jeremiah chapter 8, verses 9 through 11. Exodus 20, 17. Proverbs 1, 10 through 19. Um, that's uh, speaking of coveting, uh, leading to theft and murder. Um, Acts chapter 5, verses 1 through 10. Um, coveting. Um, leading to uh, dishonesty. One thing I'll never fully comprehend are those multi-millionaires and multi-billionaires that keep trying to accumulate more and more money. Try to compete uh, to be in the top list of wealthiest people in the world, maybe, um, in the U.S. Um, when do they have enough money? Um, the answer is never. Um, they're never satisfied. Um, the simple fact is that we will not be taking any of our wealth or possessions with us when we do leave this earth. Um, Matthew chapter 6 verses 19 through 20 says it plainly. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth or rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. And if you read just a little further in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, it reads, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he would be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. These wealthiest people in the world, um, even people in general, um, they don't necessarily have to be wealthy even, um, are asking more people to in invest in their product or invest in their company. Um, and to buy their products or services, uh, invest in their stocks, um, seeking more ways to gain better returns and profitability as a whole and finding themselves either gaining more wealth, um, accumulating more debt, um, sadness, or still not being satisfied with what they have. The desire to accumulate wealth can become an obsession. It can become a lifestyle. Both rich and poor can be greedy. We can't just correlate riches with greed, uh, not today and not ever. Um, a lot of the times it's easy for us to correlate um, riches with greed because we see how much money someone has and then they don't give very much or your company is making all this money and they're not giving very much. So you, you just correlate you know, all the money that they have, the riches with that. So it's easy for us to do that as humans. Um, Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 8 says it better. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receive, ask, receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. And then Matthew 6.33 is a verse we're very familiar with. Um, but are we truly seeking his kingdom first? Or are we seeking wealth, power, and things more? It says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. And then I like uh, what Proverbs chapter 23, verses 4 through 5 says. Uh, it says, Do not overwork to be rich because of your own understanding. Cease. Will you set your eyes on that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away like an eagle toward heaven. And then some examples in the Bible that display greed and covetousness, or greed and or covetousness. Uh, 2 Kings uh, chapter 5 
Uh, you have Gehazi, Gehazi, uh, the servant of Elisha. Uh, Joshua chapter 7, verses 20 through 21. Um, Achan, um, Isaiah chapter 56, verses 10 through 11. Um, Israel's watchmen, as it says there, are leaders. Um, Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 13. Uh, Jerusalem is a home, is a whole, rather. Um, Ezekiel chapter 33, verses 30 through 31. Um, and of course, there's several more um, examples that I'm not going to try to read. Um, greed and covetousness are the root issue of uh, many sins. Uh, gluttony, addiction, stealing, gambling, lying, cheating, and adultery, and the like are things that can a lot of the times result from greed and covetousness. Uh, drugs and alcohol, abuse, family destruction, uh, divorce, jail sentencing, murder, assaults, rapes, just a variety of sins and crimes could attribute as well. Selfishness brings out the worst in people. Um, consider the, the Ten Commandments. Uh, I was thinking about this the other day, and um, I was thinking how many of the commandments can correlate with greed and or covetousness. Um, so think about that. Um, I mean, you all know the Ten Commandments. Um, but number 10 is do not covet. So, I mean, obviously that one applies. Um, Colossians chapter 3, verses 5 through 6 reads, Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. That's the NIV version right there. Um, Paul is telling the brethren at Colossae to set their minds on things above and not on things of this earth. Um, this greed, uh, which is idolatry mentioned here, affects our worship to God and our commitment to Him. Uh, God hates sin and is a jealous God, we read. Uh, Proverbs chapter 6, verses 16 through 19 says, These six things the Lord hates, yes, seven, are an, are an abomination to Him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift and running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among brethren. Psalm 11.5 says, The Lord tests the righteous, but the wicked and the one who loves violence his soul hates. And then Exodus chapter 20, verses 4-5 through 5 says, You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or what is in the water underneath the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me. And then uh, you can find more on um, um, God being a jealous God um, in uh, Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 24, and Exodus chapter 34, verse 14, and Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 15. Um, so we read Colossians 3, 5 through 6 from the NIV. Uh, now let's take a look at the New King James Version. Um, it reads, there, Therefore put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, um, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. Um, the reason I read 
this passage a second time um, in the NIV and the New King James Version is that I noticed that uh, greed and covetousness here um, in this passage at least are used interchangeably. Um, both covetousness and greed in this passage are given the Greek word pleonexia, which means some advantage which one possesses over another, an inordinate desire of riches, covetousness, grasping, overreaching, extortion, uh, a gift exacted by importunity and conferred with grudging, a hard-wrung gift, a scheme of extortion. A very similar thing is, is found in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 5, where the New King James Version uses covetousness and the NIV uses greedy. Um, I'll just read the New King James Version this time for Ephesians 5, 5. Um, for this you know that no fornicator unclean person nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. The Greek word used here in this passage for covetous person or greedy person is uh, pleonectes, um, and meaning one who has or claims to have more than his share, a covetous, um, avaricious person, one who defrauds for the sake of gain. Um, relying to ourselves if we are assuring ourselves that we will have lots of possessions, lots of money, have a guaranteed trip to heaven um, if we give a lot. Um, a lot of denominations um, nowadays seem like, um, you know, the more you give, the more you get out of it, and that's it. Like, um, I'm going to heaven because I give, you know, 20% of what I make, or 25, or and I put a number behind it. Um, Matthew uh, chapter 6, verses 1 through 8 reads, Take heed that you do not uh, do your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. And James talked about this this morning. Um, Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, do not sound a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory from men. Assuredly, I say to you that they have their reward. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deed may be in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will himself reward you openly." God's people are going to have trials and tribulations. We're going to have trials and tribulations, um, as His Word teaches. It is greedy of us to want something in return for our good works or to be noticed for our reward to look good around uh, other people in society or family or friends or whoever. Um, A little quote I found that I like from, uh, his name's Lao Tzu. Um, He says, There's no calamity greater than lavish desires. There's no greater guilt than discontentment. And there's no greater disaster than greed. I really like that. Um, But uh, covetousness uh, led to King David's adultery and then plot to kill Uriah to take his wife Bathsheba. Covetousness leads the majority of times to a plethora of other sins. And greed ultimately led to Jesus' betrayal by Judas Iscariot for 30 pieces of silver. To put this into perspective a little more, uh, to display how much this was, or rather how little, 
Um, read with me in Joshua chapter 24, verse 32. Um, it says there, And Joseph's bones, which the Israelites had brought up from Egypt, were buried at Shechem in the tract of land that Jacob bought for a hundred pieces of silver from the sons of Hamor, um, the father of Shechem. This became the inheritance of Joseph's descendants. Um, so Judas took, Judas took 30% of what this piece of land cost Jacob. Um, Judas took less money to hand over the Son of God to be mocked, beaten, spit upon, and crucified than a piece of land cost. I mean, just think about that. I mean, it's pretty, pretty wild. Um, and then it goes on later to say that he regretted it, but, I mean, it had been done at that point. Um, and uh, I could have read a whole lot more. Um, I, I narrowed it down, so... I did a good job, I think. <laughs> I, I had a whole lot. So this this topic, greed and covetousness, there's so much in it that, uh, I mean, you can ask Leanna. It was all kind of scattered everywhere, and, and then I brought it all together. But that concludes my lesson. Um, it's nothing new to us, um, but I hope this is um, a reminder to us um, to be content in all things and to be mindful um, to not let greed and covetousness seep into our lives. That was a good study for me. Um, hope I said something um, helpful this evening for each and every one here. Um, if there's anything I need to be corrected on, please let me know. Um, thank you for your kind attention. Um, and we never want to close any service without offering the invitation. Um, first, we know we must hear and understand the word, uh, believe, uh, repent of our sins, confess Jesus and be baptized for the remission of our sins. So um, I believe everyone here um, has it's reached the age of, uh, age of accountability has done so. Uh, but if you need prayers on behalf of the church, we'd love to pray with you and for you. Uh, if you be of either case, why don't you come while we stand and sing?